0: Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get started on what we're talking about this week, I wanted to just say that I had an incredible time at Anime NYC. Um, You can definitely go listen to the con reports that I put out about Anime NYC. I meant to put out one in the middle. I recorded it. And the faults of doing it on hotel room Wi-Fi... On your cell phone. Because you're in a hotel room. Is. That it. Never posted. <laughs> so so all three days are covered there. But. Um, there's only two. Con report episodes. So definitely go check those out. Previously in the feed. And if you're curious about. The kind of stuff I saw there. Um, those are definitely good to listen to. But also listen to the. um new, The anime. Nude Weekly show right before this episode because I got to like report the news and that was really fun. I got to like actually because if you're not familiar with what I do with the news show, usually I'm taking news from a bunch of different sources. Like not just Anime News Network. Usually I get stuff from like comicbook.com and a lot of me doing that show is filtering out what I think you'll definitely see not on my show or just, like, scrolling around on even something like Anime News Network. Like, I, I don't need to be telling you, like, what... I don't need to be doing what I talked about in the con report as press releasing at you. Like, it's not... It should never be somebody like my job to tell you how good Jujutsu Kaisen was. It is going to be you know next season or next episode what i try to aim to do is talk about stuff that i think is significant in the anime world and some of that is like fun little like press release moments like um like when i talked about the metallic rouge like music video that they dropped because i just just a little behind the scenes there i went and saw the Metallic Rouge um, premiere at Anime NYC, which was um, and I I don't think I talked about this in the con report, so I'll talk about it here, but the way they had the premiere, the like Crunchyroll official date, set up this year was very odd because it was clearly the most glitzy and glammy um, space. It was the big performance space, but it was also like not a space that was great for screenings like on the last day I did the second round of screenings and I sat there like full-on in the sun it, it was more it was more like going to a music festival venue than going to a place to like screen shows and last year so like the the previous year last year when I went to the screening when I went to the um screenings for um, for Crunchyroll's like student-to-be slate like they did it this could sound weird they did it in like a basement room like they very clearly took the room that they didn't want to give up to other people because it wasn't a great room Um, and that hilariously that but it was also like it was also and I went to a different I went to the Aizuki panel in that room Um, this time around and (laughs) Like I'm sitting in front of Evan, Evan. Like, welcome to the longest room I've ever existed inside of. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, and because it, it, they probably picked that room last year because it was it had the best capacity, meaning they could get the most people into it. But what it ends up feeling like was it ends up feeling like you're in this like dark theater and you're watching things with, and, like you're all in this theater. To see this, to see, like, the, the, like, secretive news slate of Crunchyroll shows. Which was fun, but the vibe was just, the vibe was way different. When you, like, A, have a bunch of hype men doing, like, a weird daytime talk, daytime, um, like, talk show news broadcast. Like, doing, they were doing fucking crowd work. It was weird. Um... Before you watch, like the Tale of Two Wedding Rings or something, on a massive, like screen that's meant for it, it meant for um like for like panels and music performances. It's not the sound system is very clearly not meant, not tuned to be like, hey, watch this movie necessarily. And you could hear that in the um base levels of the of all the shows, like when. Like, the bass would slightly blow out and things like Metallic Rouge. And the reason why I featured that story was because Metallic Rouge is very much, like, in the bone tradition of something like um, listeners more than anything else. Um, Because it's got a real, like, music thing to it. So I thought that was important, but definitely go check out the last news show if you haven't, because I dropped a whole bunch of stories. I dropped it. I dropped. All the stories were kind of related to anime NYC because that's just how it goes. But two of them I was actually there for. So I wasn't I wasn't referencing any article. There are articles that you can go find about it. But like I was talking straight up about what I saw. Um, my favorite is actually not the great Pretender one. one my favorite is the one about the marines because that shit was wild um but yeah I I so that that's what I did with my weekend last weekend and it was a lot of fun and I probably spent I spent, didn't spend too much money but I definitely spent more money than I thought I was going to so I, I guess that's a win kind of but on that note, let's jump into what we're talking about this week, and that's a little show that came out while I was at Anime NYC, and that I fully ignored, being like, I'm gonna have to talk about this, but I want to enjoy my weekend and not. And also, I got taken by Undead Unlock, because the manga of Undead Unlock was, was very was very persuasive, in <laughs> just hit the way he exists that, like, I should probably watch that show, so I started watching that show, too. But that's not what we're talking about this week. This week, we're talking about a little show you might have heard of called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Anime considered. Lunchbox Radio. Now, just like last time, because once again, I'm not the greatest at doing like short summaries for these shows for, for anything really. it's just I I'm, I'm good at talking about nerd shit so I've started a podcast, but I'm not good at abbreviating that and like focusing in on stuff. So I'm going to lean on my AI assistant I to give us a Quick summary of the new adaptation of Scott Pilgrim and Take It Away, I. You got it, Alex. Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is an eight-episode anime series produced by the Japanese studio Science Saru. It starts with the protagonist, 23-year-old Scott Pilgrim, waking from a dream about a mysterious woman on rollerblades, Ramona Flowers, who mesmerizes him with her speed. The series follows Scott, an unemployed bass player in the indie band Sex Bob Om as he navigates his infatuation with Ramona, an American transplant in Toronto. This anime adaptation is noted for its loyalty to the original graphic novel by Brian Lee O'Malley, more so than the 2010 film adaptation. It retells the classic story of Scott battling his new girlfriend's seven evil exes, but with significant changes that offer a fresh take on the familiar narrative. Remarkably, the entire movie cast reprises their roles in the anime. Thanks, I. That was that was great. Um, now just like I just mentioned, this is a adaptation that brings back all of the original, all the original cast. But it's doing that for a really specific reason. It's doing that to, just as I, just like I just said, um, give you a kind of familiarity with. The Scott Pilgrim thing, because at the point at which um the Scott Pilgrim movie was made, um it was Scott the Scott Pilgrim versus the world store the Scott Pilgrim like thing was so popular that it jumped it like jumped it kind of skipped a step like it, how should I put this in a traditional arc of how this would go is you would get the comic book, the graphic novel, the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, the so like those graphic novels. But then you would then get the next step would actually be an animated series of some kind, and that would be where it would really explode in popularity. But because the and I I love the Scott Pilgrim live action movie. It it's kind of it's of a kind of a thing, and it's got a real indie rock like shitty twenty year old vibe that nothing else real that very little else has. Many, much of the many of the characters who are the good guys in. Scott Pilgrim are just as shitty as the bad guys. They're just kind of shitty twenty-year-old assholes, and but the the core thing of the original Scott Pilgrim ad film av, adaptation is it's about Scott. It's a it it primarily has to do with Scott. You get, but the most like impactful points of the movie are when they focus for a second on Knife Chow. Or when they focus for a second on Ramona and like on on kind of Ramona's culpability and the whole scenario of wait you're just gonna let this guy you wanna you wanna make out with fight for you as a pride, Like, this is cool with you. And there is, like, an overtone of, like, an extremely... Beyond, like, normal... Beyond normal... Beyond even, like, normal world abusive controlling relationships there. But largely, like... You get this girl who kind of... You get this girl who... When you stop and think about it, and this is what I like about the the new show, who, when you stop and think about it, was kind of a dick to to eight eight people individually at some point, and one who was a who who is still being a controlling, abusive asshole to her. Who's using those people's grievances against her in order to like control her life basically and and also the the film both the film and the and now the anime dump you into it as I'm sure it does in the in the original graphic novels and I'm being careful to say graphic novels there for a reason and we'll get to that um. Just kind of dump you in media res. It doesn't explain shit to you. It doesn't want to explain shit to you. It wants you to just kind of accept everything and accept that you are in this world that is very referential to to all forms of nerd culture, but also is a world where like the video game layer of nerd culture is not only does not only exist but is true. Like, when you kill somebody, they explode into pocket change, kind of thing. And I, the, the most interesting thing about this treatment of the Scott Pilgrim property is that it, it steps aside. Because the, the original Scott Pilgrim movie, the thing that Scott Pilgrim movie gets really right is that Scott Pilgrim is a piece of shit. Like, he's just kind of an asshole. And this move, this, this adaptation doesn't have Scott around for long enough at first to make him to give him the opportunity to be the biggest piece of shit he can be. He's he's just starting to have the like. I'm going out. I'm I'm leading a high schooler along while I'm going out with somebody my age, like real conflict of shittiness, and then. The show basically kills him off. The show, for what you, for what you can tell, kills him off. If you're from, by the way, spoiler for this whole thing, because I, and this is something I'm actually proud of the internet for, for much of what I've seen. But and I jumped on the show pretty quickly after I came back because I was starting to see clips. And like, before I know it, this whole thing will just be like drawn out, but. Um, and also I wanted to be with the trend of it, and I kind of am. but spoilers for for this whole show the the show kills Scott Pilgrim in the first episode. But up until that first episode, science the animation studio, is being really careful to produce almost shot for shot in some cases the first part of the movie, like they they have. The scene where knives and young Neil are sitting on the couch, and it backs out from them playing. And it, 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 they're doing all they're doing all of these things to make you feel like you're about to rewatch the movie, which makes which is fine in your head because you're like that movie was good. I watched a essentially a. Anime version of this, and then they get to the Matthew Patel fight. And if you remember what that fight's like, Matthew Patel kind of like launches at him, and he just and somebody goes, Scott, bite! And as you get the like bite animation, he uppercuts Matthew Patel into like pocket change, except this time he just gets hit in the face. And he dies. he gets punched to death, as the show clearly says. and then you're in a whole from there you're in a whole different realm and the, this is an impressive thing about the construction of the show. It knows, it knows that you're really familiar with the typical Scott Pilgrim um, storyline. It knows all of that, and and this is an adaptation of uh of us of the story Scott Pilgrim takes off, which also probably knew that, and this is probably a fairly close adaptation of it, in that it doesn't give that future, it doesn't give that storyline the typical Scott Pilgrim versus the World storyline a chance to establish at all at first but what it does there what it does pretty quickly there is it puts the onus on Ramona because in the original movies Ramona is like cut is definitely a manic pixie dream girl but what this show looks at is it looks at like well were her feelings strong enough for that were like were her feelings important enough are her feelings important enough not for the guy to fight for her but for for her to fight for the possibility of a relationship period and it, it, and it also it takes some time to be like hey like <laughs> breakups are oftentimes both people on some level like it, it, and yes there are breakups where you like cheat on somebody with somebody else and you're kind of a dick bag to, and, and somebody's kind of a dick bag to somebody but the the thing that was pretty clear with all of Ramona's ex-boyfriends in her in the original film was they didn't want you to ask what happened there they just wanted you to know that she had Eight exes, eight ex partners and wouldn't it be and what if they were all fighting for fighting Scott for her as a prize? Well the the film does the, the, the film just makes that so makes that clear and sets up a scenario in which like if they win. She'll be in like enslaved to Gideon because of like evil mind control shit. But if Scott wins, but she wants Scott to win, so Scott has reason to like fight to get get her free will. But in this show, there's no but in the, but in the show there's no guarantee of that for the for the ex, for the ex boyfriend, and as soon as they all figure that out. They all like, then why are we listening to fucking Gideon? Like, it turns out if we win, we don't, like, we don't get Ramona as the prize. And even if we won, the point wasn't for us to get Ramona, it was for Gideon Graves to get Ramona. And that's shitty, so let's just topple this whole thing to the ground. And And, like, that episode kind of, that part of the story's conclusion is that Matthew Pastel... The first evil ex-boyfriend beats Scott and then goes back home and is like, "Guys, this this is fucked up. We don't like we don't get the girl if we win." And and Gideon's like, "Well, duh. The point was for me to get the girl. Like I just like I just took you through." And he, and Matthew Patel quickly beats it, like swiftly, just beats him. And the, like, evil ex-boyfriend thing becomes this different... Kind of that, like, League of Evil Exes falls apart and they all are, like, individualized as characters and people. And the... The... The really... The most interesting one... That's not, like... Um... Actually, the most interesting ones. Period. They're all interesting, but they're all different versions of everybody getting their wires crossed, with the exception of the Takinagi twins, but um, who are were just who are just shown to be dickbacks, kind of. Um. But then Ramona's shown to be a dick back shown to be just as big of a dick to them, in her own way. But um, cause she she takes it a step, be she takes the kind of like, gross. Male behavior of ooh you're hot, to like a step beyond that makes it you understand like oh yeah I would be, I would not. I would be pissed off. <laughs> I'd, like that would not be cool. Um, and what? And and the show when it when the show gives you that information, the show immediately compares it to Scott to something similar that Scott was doing. To so basically. Um, Ramona didn't like that she was being treated like a piece of meat by one of the Takianagi twins, by one of the two twins, who they always just call the twins. Um, Probably because they don't want to risk fucking up the name, which I totally get in the dub. Um, So she dates both of them. And then they both find out and they both feel certainly fucked up about it. And then they and then she essentially leaves them. And she uses that as a way to get out of the relationship, basically. But she strings both, both of them along at the same time. And they give you that story in front of Knives. And not just like, wow, that sounds familiar. And, like, you see Ramona put it together and she's like, oh, oh, oh. And she feels bad about it. And uh, so, my biggest gripe with the show is kind of can't be separated from the main cast, which is that the the cast were definitely playing the characters that they were playing, but it the whole the whole move the whole move the whole original movie has a real flat tone to it. Like it, it's very. It's very devo- devoid of emotionality, and and it works for it because of the way they write. They wrote all the characters and the way all the characters behave. But in this one, you get this like fleshing out of characters like Gideon Graves, like um, like um, the skateboarding guy. They become like best friends for like an episode, um, or in just in general. You get the fourth Evil acts the girl, and you get her kind of fleshed out as this very hurt and wronged, like uh, quite frankly, um, like emotional wreckage left behind by this girl who just like became her roommate. You know, it sounds like used her in college as like a like an an outlet for her. Sexual front frustrations, and then left her behind, just like left her, like left her behind. And you get Ramona apologizing to the girl. You get being Ramona being like, "I'm sorry. You, like, I'm sorry I treated you like that. I shouldn't have treated you like that." And that, and so in in the film, nine. Scott says that to knives and Scott and, it's, and they have a scene later on where Scott and future Scott are essentially hanging out and Scott sees the, um sees the basically sees is given a presentation of the plot of the movie of the original, of the original movie. And he's like, Oh, we have to face our own. We have to face our personal problems and de- demons, that sounds, that sucks. And Scott's like, yeah, it does suck. And but in the movie you, that's a moment where you see Scott grow from this guy who is taking advantage of somebody who's younger than him because it makes him feel good to be admired to somebody who understands that, like, the the person you was taking advantage of had feelings, too, and they deserve to be respected. But you never have... You never have that realization completely on the side of Ramona. And, like, the... The... Oh, this is... A, so this is, this is... This is a true thing about Relationships. If you are cheating with somebody and everybody knows is cheating everybody involved is kind of wronging another person even if even if one of those people is not in a, currently in a relationship if you're the if you are the mistress or the side piece or whatever you want to call it and you know there's another human out there that you may, that you probably just don't like you may not know, but you know that you're doing. Like you are probably hurting emotionally in some way, and what this show does is it puts that person in front of the in front of the mistress and says, "Like deal with it. Like the, like really understand that you're you're taking an you're taking an action that has consequences, and it it's." So much more emotionally aware and honest than the film, and the what like I said, I am a f- total fan of. I've seen the Scott Pilgrim movie tons of times. I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's so much fun. Um, in ways that I think that actually the show isn't as fun. Um, but it's it's um this show's emotional core is so much more self-aware than the film is just by necessity of the story the film's adapting and the story that the that the now anime is adapting. The thing that I, that I think that the film gets right, that the anime doesn't, is I don't it's gonna sound weird. I don't necessarily think that, and the and the anime figures this out pretty quickly, I don't think that the Anime needs the fight scenes, and that, and I know it sounds weird because it's a big part of Scott Pilgrim and all that stuff, but it's just like it needs the scenes of Ramona being forced to contend with the like emotional wasteland she has left in her wake, on her on her way to figuring out what she wants. Now that she knows what she wants, maybe she needs to like readjust so that it doesn't end up like everything she's ever done because the thing the of, the thing the show the thing the show really says is the thing the show says like hey you you got the girl you got the manic pixie dream girl like you you you're the dog that caught the car isn't that great and then by episode seven they have Future Scott, it's revealed that it, it's revealed pretty quickly that Scott Pilgrim, Scott, is not dead. So Ramona becomes this, like, tirelessly devoted, not even ex-lover, like, ex-one-dater, ex-one-night-stand, who is just determined to figure out what happened to the, the boy she feels feelings for. And what you find out is that the, like, current Scott was kidnapped by future Scott. And future Scott lives in, like, a, like, slightly apocalyptic, like, not, but, like, far-flung-enough-to-seem-cool future version of Toronto, where his life is still fucked up. But his life is fucked up in a different degree because neither him nor Ramona fixed any of their shit. Neither of them dealt with their, with their collective shittiness and they just found solace in each other and thought that would be fine. But ultimately, you know, Scott wasn't ready for the relationship and neither were Ramona. So they, they're like, they're like divorced. They are straight up divorced in the future. And Scott is like a broken person who is very, he had some very real feelings about ever getting into that relationship in the first place. So he tries to stop it. <laughs> and, but in the like new alternate timeline he's oopsie created, he basically, he created the environment where Ramona has to deal with her own problem where Ramona has to do where Ramona has to deal with her fucked up emotional baggage on her own and 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 doesn't have someone who is not will, not only ready but willing to do that to to do that work instead of her because that that's really what the and in in the the show correctly posits that that's what Scott was doing in the movie in the movie like in the movie universe of this show is that he was doing the emotional work for his new girlfriend so she didn't have to but what the movie what the show said pretty quickly is like Ramona grew up by having to confront like Lucas Lee or, you know, Matthew Patel or I forget the girl's name. I think the girl's name is like Trixie or something. And she grew up by having to like look them in the face again and say like, I, I'm sorry I was a dick. I'm sorry it didn't work out. Stuff doesn't work out. I feel bad about it too, actually. Because if you never have to do that, if you never have to, like, if you never have to look inward, then you don't grow. You don't, you do. It's a real possibility to sit still for your entire life. Uh, And the world just accept that and the world find its way to make you useful and. Make you make money and make you all these things, and I I know this as well as a lot of people because I'm I'm weird. Um, there are people who would describe me as not having ambition, and not having like and not having what people would traditionally describe at, describe as drive, and that's not true. The the truth of it is, is that until pretty recently, I haven't, I've had Drive, but I've always felt, I've always felt that it wasn't my, that it would be mean for me to go after it because I don't know how to go, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to not laser focus on what I want, if that makes any sense. And I'm not trying to be, like, hustle culture or any of that shit, because I know how this can sound. But I don't know how to not pour my whole focus into things. And, and this is this is a problem in my work, my creative everything, is, like, I immediately jump into things and I become laser focused. And, like, my whole thing becomes about one thing for, like, the moment. And then I, I have, I even have issues switching, you know, switching motives to another thing afterwards. Like, oftentimes, you, if you see me work, you'll see me stop and you'll see me do something totally different. Like, just sit on Pinterest and, like... Pin images for 10 minutes or something because I need to give myself the space to like, like, let the other thing pass before I go on to the next thing. Give myself the space to like, get my thinking right. And what, and what, and so like, I mentioned that I'm going to Japan for, in December. Um, in in a little over a month, I'm going to Japan. But in reality, I could have gone to Japan years ago. I just didn't. I just didn't apply the kind of pressure to myself to make it happen. And what the so what the what the show is proposing is is proposing that two people who have avoided. Forcing themselves to do the work. Would not ultimately be happy together. But. The thing about Scott is Scott's. Scott's issues are all pretty personal and Scott's issues. Scott's shittiness comes from being treated like shit. And you see that in the in his like last relationship with Amy Adams. And but you also see that in the fact that he is still friends with um, Kim, his uh, an ex-girlfriend who turned the drummer in his band. Who it was clearly they were friends for a long time, and then it went farther than that. And the, uh, he's just so emotionally weird <laughs> that like. They clearly care for each other in like a on a familial level that will never disappear. But they also they hurt each. They, he hurt her, and then Amy Adam, and then Amy Adams hurt him. And in this in this movie in this show, the very first person Ramona goes to is not one of her ex exes. It's Scotts. It's Scott's, it's Kim, it's Scott's ex-girlfriend. And Scott's ex-girlfriend, is like, and it's like, and Scott's a dickhead, but he's a lovable dickhead. And like, and she goes, she she approaches it with kind of, almost anesthetically and just is like, hey, you clearly feel some kind of way about this guy. It doesn't really matter what I feel about the guy. We're over. We've been over for a long time. He was a dick to me. Hopefully he's better than you. I don't know what to tell you. And. I think the interesting thing. The interesting commonality. Because there are a bunch of commonalities. Between both of these things. Not just the first episode. Being kind of the first portion of the movie. But. Interesting commonality is the is Amy Adams, so like you know, former the like former indie rock girl turns like almost Gwen Stefani esque famous like rock queen in the show, in the show and in the film. She she gets a lot more character development, but her relationship with Scott is still seen as like a jealous ex-girlfriend who does who who doesn't want to be with her ex-boyfriend her ex-boyfriend but explicitly doesn't want him necessarily to be happy and you see how but you see little pieces of how in both versions of the character how Scott could have been very how they were very happy together but how Amy Adams is built like the kind of person who like fame was always going to rot her to the core and I think probably the weakest character that the the character who's the weakest in this new Scott Pilgrim thing is Wallace Wells because I think the gag of Wallace Wells being, like, so overwhelmingly charmingly gay that he turns people gay worked better in the movie. <laughs> it worked better in the movie. And, like, the thing with the, like, fling the the relationship between um, Julie and Gideon Graves or um, Gordon Goose, as his real name is revealed to be, is, um... It's kind of fun, and it gives you more... It gives you more of that character of that, like, foul, sailor-mouthed, deeply, deeply fucked up character. And it... it's, It's fun that they just let that character be her own motivation, and they... Like, there's no eye of judgment cast on it. It's just... It's just what it is, and... And it's also fun that, by the end, like, Gideon is firmly, like, not... He's just there to fight Scott. He's not necessarily there to, like, be necessarily with Ramona. He he's, he's, like, with Julie. Like, they are, like, an evil empire couple. Um, And I think it's hilarious that, in the last episode, when they're going down the red carpet, Julie's not dressed in, like, this big, like, beautiful gown. She's just, like in her weekend clothes. She's just, like, in, like, a tube... an orange tube top, a canvas jacket and a pair of jeans. Like, it's not... it's not complicated. Gideon's in, like, the full... um... white suit and glasses. But, like, she's just, like, I'm Oh, I've always been this bitch. I will always be this bitch. Which is just... which is just a fun, dumb... gag there. But, the... The whole, so like the whole goal of, if I had to say that this new adaptation of Scott Pilgrim had had a goal, I would say the goal was to be more honest about what's emotionally happening with this whole setup. About what kind of culpability everybody has in every direction in terms of what causes relationship to succeed or not to succeed? Because the the, the 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 thing the film gets right is that Scott and Ramona are kind of the same kind of shitty person, but to a different degree. And and the re but the thing that the the film doesn't give you is it doesn't. Give you the realization, like, oh, freaking Ramona was an asshole to eight people <laughs> at some point, like, and the the, the story, the story, just But the but if you're paying attention in the films, the stories really do do that. They they basically tell you that Ramona was a dick every time. It's like, oh. Like, uh, I think with the exception of, um, of the vegan guy, of the vegan superpowered guy who, like, left for vegan training camp or something, um, I every story ends with Ramona being like, you know, and then I got bored. And just, and this, the point of this story is to tell, is to tell you, like, hey. What do you think your chances of being with a girl like that are, bud? What do you think? And not even being with a girl like that, but being with another person like that. Like, what? Do you think you're going to be the one who she's not going to be an asshole to? Who, Who, like, who's going to cure the asshole disease that she seems to have? No. She needs to kind of do that work herself. And maybe then you guys will still be simpatico. Um, I, I, this is, this is a total aside that just came to me. I have a, I have an old friend who is now an old friend. I mainly interact with through, um, Instagram, but when we knew each other, we were both like shitty teenagers and I'm not going to tell her name because she doesn't need, she, she doesn't need you to know her name and I need you to not know her name, but she did like she Did some real fucked up stuff when she was a kid. When she when she was a kid. When we were kids. When we were like early, early teens to late teens, we were real fucked up. Like we were like a little like, re- I would. I was the kind of guy who knew all the alt. Who all the alt. Got, who everybody in my graduating class just knew. But also like the kind of company I kept was almost exclusively alt. Goth. Alt or and or alt goth girls like, and I, it was just the way it worked out. So like, I had and I had like most I had like probably two groups of friends I've most hung out with either a otaku's which was totally made sense or B like that alt goth chick vibe set of like people and. From the outside, looking in on that, it's very, like, he was a skater boy, blah, 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 Avril Levine song. But when you're in that, there's different shades of it. Like, people have their lives together in different ways. Like, people... You know how far people are along on their journey by how they treat you. At, by how By how they treat you in both large and small ways. And you know, like... How difficult their life is going to be, kind of looking back on it, because you're like, oh, you were tr- you were still treating people like shit back then. You hadn't done the like work of growing up a little to like know that it's not okay to like be like that to another human, <laughs> whereas this this particular girl. Was well on her way to doing that work, but was still like a weird trash fire. <laughs> like I, I remember this girl picked up in like in the span of a single year, she had in the time that I knew her. And if she's listening to this, she'll know she'll know I'm talking about her. She probably already does if she's listening to this, which I super doubt. Um, Although I could tell her, but she probably laugh and smack me up and and threaten me and be like if you told anybody my name I'd kill you. But I remember she in middle school at some point she was coughing up glass because she had eaten a light bulb for twenty bucks. Um that off also that middle school year we were like hanging out, um, going to like a school festival or something and she let me um Stick a dollar down her shirt. That was that was teenage line blurring flirting nightmare. What are what is sexual harassment? What is rules? Bullshit. Um, and then by the time we got to high school, there was a period of time where she got her lip pierced when she was in New York City, didn't tell her parents, but from but was taking the piercing we're putting the piercing in and out the entire time and the hole closed and she stabbed herself at lunch one day and i kept looking i like but the hole's gonna close it's it's gonna be bad like i i don't know what to tell you i can't stop you from playing this game but it's gonna close you're gonna stab yourself and i just hear ow one day i'm like did you stab yourself and she's like yes i did i hate you <laughs> i should have listened um and then at some point, she rescued a stray cat and got bit by a stray cat and had to go get rabies shots in the ass for six months <laughs> at lunch. Which was, which was, like, so, like, that's, if you're looking at that arc, it sounds like par for the course, but it's only getting kinder. And the entire time I knew her and, like, I have memories of going in the car with her to um to Walmart or something. Like we had we had and will always have and we'll always have like a bond of friendship there. But our friendship allowed us to like look past our own flaws and at each other just like, hey, you're a person I know. let let's be cool. And At the same point, I don't think either of us would want to date each other. I I think both of us probably knew like, oh, we're, 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 we're great friends, but like, otherwise it would be cursed. Um, and we both knew each other were dumpster fires and we both ended up in very different. We both ended up in very different positions than we were back then we were both very we we're both very different people than we were back then we're a lot happier we're a lot more grown up a lot more well-rounded she's a lot less alt golfing chick although she still has she still has plenty of tattoos and piercings i promise um i saw her like yesterday um but uh, on instagram rather but the my point is is that like What you're seeing in Scott Pilgrim and Ramona is two people who have not done the work. But one person who is kind of at the precipice of doing the work and one person who is still running. But in the show, in the show, they make it very clear that Scott Pilgrim is the person at the precipice of doing the work, not Ramona in the movie. You, it makes it feel like Ramona is already doing the work when Scott Pilgrim is doing the work for her. And I'm saying Scott Pilgrim because that, like, everybody always refers to him as Scott Pilgrim, not as Scott. It, it's very different. It's very odd choice, but I get it. But it's just uh, So the whole thing ends up being a really interesting look at, like, the... At like be at being good to other people and being good to yourself because until you're good to other people, you won't be able to be in a stable relationship because you won't know you won't know what it looks like when you like somebody and you're not like fearful that they'll' that like like I' better leave them before they leave me. I better be a dick before they're a dick to me like blah 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 blah. blah. And that's probably the most interesting thing about the Julie character. It's like, Julie is a piece of shit, but she's honest. And Julie's the um, one I forget um, her name, the actress's name who played her. But she's really famous for being really deadpan and like an asshole. Yeah, in both the, in both this in both Scott Pilgrim versus the World and. Scott Pilgrim takes off, but also in um parks and recreation, I forget her uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, I think is her name. But like in, in reality, she's like she's like kind of a fun-loving human being who just has mastered this like deadpan asshole girl asshole vibe in her like work as an actress. But in this show, she is that deadpan, you know, cursing asshole, but she's also really honest, and she's really honest about like the fact that like, I, I hate what the, I hate what this guy I love has become, but I still love him. <laughs> I, you know, like I, I've allowed him to stick around and have all the like emotional intelligence to interpret the fact that like I curse at him. Because I love him, um, and that that relationship feels honest and earned and equal in a way that's not in a way in a way that's not destructive. If uh, if I had to compare it to another to a, like other anime relationship, I would compare it actually probably to the relationship between the two main characters. In the two main love interests in Hormia, at least the first season, I haven't finished the second season. But that, like, when, where they get to, the relationship that they get to there, when they're just, like, very honest with each other, like, we're in to being really, to, like, being really kinky in a way, to, like, being, to, like, having this very specific dynamic around. Sexuality and around, you know, forcefulness and like who we are as people in a relationship with each other that like it genuinely freaks out the other characters in that show. Like, when other characters encounter them, like, oh, you guys, you guys are into some weird shit, you do you, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's it's just it's really it's really interesting because. A thing that I've always the, the, the thing that gra- the thing that like everybody gravitates toward Scott Pilgrim for is the like action oriented version of it but the thing that people stay for is the love story but the thing that that the property had always been least honest about in the core of it the thing that people are most familiar with at least um is the is the reality of what those two characters look like together it's the reality of uh, it's ultimately a doomed thing it's like that they ultimately don't necessarily do the work and the 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 big joke of that is that they call it- like they get divorced after decades. Not like they don't get like divorced like two months after they get married. They get divorced after decades of like being together. And even even of Scott originally is like, you fucking motherfucker, you're telling me that you made you made me not get in a relationship with this girl because you broke up because you got divorced after 19 years? You fucking dipshit. You... You... That was a long time. You guys are technically separated. Like, they're not even... They hit a rough patch. They didn't, like, fucking... They're not divorced. They hit a rough patch. Go deal with it, you idiot. And you see later that, like, future Ramona... It's very actively like trying to make it so they can deal with it, so make it so the relationship happens at all in the first place. And they and the and it's just it's just a fun time. So if you were wondering about it, you're know, like, I've already seen the mo- I've already seen the movie. Well, do I need to see the show? You definitely should see the show. the The show is. A, and, and on top of that, there's the whole thing that I didn't even get into about the fact that Science Saru is making it, and they are, like, at they're at their peak of, like, doing justice to the original source material while adding kind of that Science Saru understanding of animation and animation tricks to, like, make things recede scenes of background. They straight up pull things out of focus. It's, it's a really good-looking show that Looks like a Scott Pilgrim thing. The Scott Pilgrim thing you'd want. Um, On that note, um, I'm at right about an hour here, but I'm going to end it here. If you like the episode, new episodes come out every Wednesday and every Thursday. Currently, Wednesday is a news show hosted by my AI assistant, um, I, and the... Thursday Show is like this. It's about a specific show or um, property, um, usually anime-related, sometimes live action, sometimes something that that is very tangentially anime-related. If you're starting listening now, you should know that I'm going on hiatus, kind of from the 27th of December to the 16th of January, because I am going to Japan for three weeks at the end of this year into next year, which I'm super excited about. So this show will probably turn into a kind of travel blogging thing at that point. But um, I just wanted to give myself space to like enjoy the trip. Uh, And on that note, I've been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you next time.